walks of life I've had the pleasure of serving, I say that all the time, from presidents to judges to professionals and actors and sports people, all the way down the line I've served heroin addicts and the bums on the corner. And we're all just people. That is very true. In all these years, people treat you the way you treat them. The term legend, icon, queen gets tossed around a lot. Virginia Ali deserves every single one of them. She's the matriarch of Ben's Chili Bowl, which is immensely important to the story of DC. We recorded our mile-long conversation along DC's U Street Corridor, historically known as Black Broadway. It's where Virginia and her late husband Ben Ali built a restaurant empire, loving family and the deepest community connection. She even shared how Mr. Ali originally asked her out. And he, I came on the phone and he said, uh, this is Ben Ali, why didn't you call me? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> why didn't you call me? He said, I said, because I don't know you, sir, and I'm not in the habit of calling men I don't know. He said, then what would you like to know? We stepped out of Ben's Chili Bowl at 1213 U Street Northwest. This is Walk a Mile with Tommy McFly, presented by Downtown DC. Virginia Ali, we're standing in front of Ben's Chili Bowl. It says established in 1958, here on U Street by the Lincoln Theater. When you and your husband opened this place 64 years ago, did you ever think? Did I ever think we'd be on the map? No. Okay. No, I thought we were simply gonna make a living to raise a family and get them off to school and get them off to a good start. That was the goal. And now I'm getting people from all over the world that are bringing me these wonderful tour guide books that they have when they're from their country. And in there I see a picture of the monument, of the White House, of the Lincoln Memorial, and then there's a picture of Ben's Chili Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> You are a monument. This place is absolutely so a on monument. The map. It's really on the map, but I've, it's been my pleasure to serve this community, to have had the pleasure of serving people from all walks of life, all the way down. I learned from the heroin addicts. I said, what do I do to keep my kids from getting into this kind of problem? I said, well, if that's what they're determined to do, Mrs. Ben, the best thing you can do is make sure they get clean needles. Wow. I'm like, no! <laughs> Just saying that to say that you can learn from all people. You told me a story about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. coming into Benz, yes. like a regular. When they were planning that march on Washington in 1963, they'd have to come in town to do some work and to meet with the officials and all that. And during those times, Martin Luther King would come into the Chili Bowl. Half smoke? What was his favorite? Chili cheeseburger. Chili cheeseburger. That was his favorite, yeah. And then later on, he had, an, he had a satellite office up here during that time. It's so interesting because when you learn American history as we have in school, it was, you know, truncated. It's very quick. But to think that, of course, there had to be years of planning, you know, of to make course. it happen. Of course. And you were there right in the middle of it. I was there in the middle of it, and I was there when he told me a very interesting story. He told me that he and his folks had gone to meet with President Kennedy to tell them about the injustices of black people and that they were planning to bring a large group of people here to protest and to bring attention 
to these injustices. And he said, President Kennedy said, we want to do all we can to help, but we don't think it's a good idea to bring so many people into this city. He said, because if there's an incident, it would set your movement back. I mean, that makes sense. Martin Luther King said there will not be an incident. Well, of course, as history will tell you, he brought 250,000 people here that day. No incident. Ben and I were there. It was the most inspirational day to hear all the speeches and then to hear that I have a dream speech. And we knew change was going to come. When, you, when he told you that story yeah. of, I just talked to the president and I told him, actually, we're going to be fine. Do you remember that day? What was that like? It was like all the other days at Ben's. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a random Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we were delighted to have him, of course, and, and so proud of him and his nonviolent approach to everything. And so it was wonderful, but he was a very unassuming, very low-keyed, very soft-spoken person. And I had the privilege of sitting with him with a little conversation for a couple of times, a few times, which was wonderful. But then I was also here long enough to witness the inauguration of our first African-American president. And President Obama came here, like, first. His very first outing to eat in Washington was here at Ben's Chili Bowl. President-elect Barack Obama drew cheers when he and Washington, D.C. Mayor Adrian Fenty dropped in unexpectedly at Ben's Chili Bowl. So what was that like? Because I'm assuming Dr. King walked in with his group of people. President Obama shows up with 48 SUVs and <laughs> a Secret Service entourage. Well, I don't know. I know that the, the Secret Service comes in first. Mm -hmm. I was in the back, but my manager said the Secret Service comes in, looks around, and then uh, the door opens, and here he comes with our mayor at that time. And then as soon as he comes, it was a Saturday, so we were already busy. Yeah. So the people were in there, but they simply locked the door, and then they closed off the street from that traffic light to this one. Yeah. So it was exciting. It was fun. And the people who just happened to be having a half smoke had the thrill of a lifetime. Exactly. Exactly. the term Black Broadway, uh -huh. what was U Street in the heyday as well, far as black-owned businesses and black culture and well, the arts? You know, this was called Black Broadway because it was really basically the, the heart of the entertainment industry for us because there was a state-of-the-art Lincoln Theater and then the next block was a state-of-the-art Republic Theater and then the next block was a Booker T Theater. So when a first-rate movie was released in Hollywood and it came to the White Theater that we could not go to. It came to one of ours the very same day. Yeah. So we had it going on right here. We did. And the jazz clubs and the little nightclubs and the music halls and that big building there that was put up. True reformer building in the early 1900s. The contractor, the architect, everybody, African American, the fundraising, all of that. That was done there. So we had a few big buildings like that. But that one was the most prominent on U Street at the time. When we come back, find out how Benz survived the riots in 1968. Plus, Mrs. Ali's bright outlook for the future. And yes, how Mr. Ali convinced her to go out on that first date so many years ago. 
Season two of the Walk a Mile podcast is sponsored by Downtown DC, where you'll find the most museums in the district. More than a dozen, in fact. From historic icons like the Smithsonian American Art Museum and the National Building Museum to more recent arrivals such as Planet Word and the National Children's Museum. Downtown DC, we're home to art, culture, and history. Now back to U Street and walk a mile with Tommy McFly and our guest, Virginia Ali. You've seen so much change on U Street. You've seen so many different iterations of U Street. What are you thinking about it now? How's, how's U Street doing these days? U Street is prosperous now. U Street has nothing. The new inhabitants are young, educated people. So I, I can't wait. I got to live long enough to see what they do with this. They're young, they're energetic, they're educated. And they're in the city. I couldn't understand that for a while. Why did they move in the city? When we were at that point, you know, we were getting married. We wanted to have a little house with a little backyard for the children to play in. The children don't need a backyard now. Right. This is it. <laughs> their, their iPhones are backyard? <laughs> That's where they play. <laughs> I hope they get a so little bit next, of exercise, So though. now we can move on into the city. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the coolest thing? That's, that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. The this, Greater U Street Heritage Trail. Yes, uh, this was, uh, I served on the Board of Cultural Tourism that was very instrumental in getting these things put all over the communities. And you look at it, there's the Lincoln, there's the Casbah, and there's that's the right. building that Benz is in. That's right. And that's the streetcars. Exactly. I mean, you could, you could almost hear the old-timey music, and you yes, can see absolutely. Like, black yes. and white image. Yes, yes. You've done so much for a legacy with your family, but to do these other things for the city that people don't even know that you know you had a piece of this. Well, we, we, we served on several boards. Board, I served on the uh, board of Flock for Love of Children. Mm -hmm which had its little office right down the street there. And the um, Thurgood Marshall Center for Heritage and Trust, I served on that board too. Wow. But um, yeah, this is where the little Cecilia's nightclub was to be, it's very popular. But I know that we had, hello, how are you? How you doing? We had the Thompson's Dairy, which meant you know you had all these uh, employees working there and the drivers because they were delivering milk all over the city. So that lady just stopped you and she's like, hey, Miss Ben's Chili Bowl. Does that happen all the time to you? All the time, everywhere you go. When you think about that, how much love there is for your family and how much love there is for what Ben's is and does to the city, do you take it as kind of a celebrity, as like a civic no, duty? No, you know, no, where, no, I don't think. An honor? Where, I'm, I'm just, what do you think? I'm, I'm just doing what I enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy people so much. I really do always have. Get along well with people. And uh, I'm just doing it. It was perfect for me, you know, when my husband said, let's, let's do a restaurant. I'm like, yeah, that's people, because I can't see myself in an office with the same people day in and day out. When did, you, when did you know Ben's was more than a restaurant? Oh, I don't know. I guess we'd been there a few years, maybe, when my son said to me one day, Mom, you've been here all these years. I think we should have a little celebration. Okay, whatever. He said, yeah, I'm going to plan something for the anniversary. I said, okay. Ben and I had already scheduled our vacation to Trinidad. <laughs> so we go to Trinidad. We've been over there. We're going to stay three weeks. We got over there about two weeks. Later he called, Mom, you guys are going to have to come back. This is a little bigger than I thought. <laughs> 
What does that mean? I said, he said, Mom, you're going to have to come back. I want you to come back on the 21st. So we came back. He picked us up at the airport. He said, I need you at the Chili Bowl tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. When we came, they had closed off this block, had a press conference, a DJ or something at the time. And what was so impressive was the number of people that kept coming in a line day in, all, all day and half the night. A line to come into the Chili Bowl, because it was on TV. Tony Perkins did the weather yeah. from there that day. So they all came, CNN, MSNBC, all of them That's showed That's amazing. Up. It was amazing, yeah. But the most impressive part for me, and that really warmed my heart, was to see a line of people waiting to come in all day. Just to buy a hot dog. I'm like, okay, well, I guess maybe we mean something for this community. You this is so cool. <laughs> so cool. And then from every five years after that, he'd done this celebration. And it's still happening. A quick note, this episode was recorded in late 2022. So Ben's turned 65 this August, 2023. And Virginia turns 90 in December. So we're crossing over 12th now. Crossing over 12th, yes. Egbert's liquor store was there. That was another popular store. Egbert's, yeah. Liquor store was there. And then there were small businesses all along there. Little restaurants. There was Bohemian Caverns. I remember going there. Oh, that's that way. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. So when, when the riots happened and a lot of U Street and 14th Street was burned, Ben's was still there. Yeah, you know, we. I remember that evening on April 4th, I believe it was, when Dr. King, someone rushes in the door and said, Dr. King has been shot. And we're like, no way. Oh, that can't be true. And then someone else comes in with it and somebody else. And finally someone finds a transistor radio, turn it on, and yes, that's what's going on. He's gone now. Okay, so the... Sadness was overwhelming. People were screaming and crying. And, and after a while, I guess, frustration and then anger. And before you know it, Volatov yeah. cocktails were being thrown in the windows. That must have been, I mean, on top of being extremely sad and horrible and heartbreaking. And, and frightening. It must have been scary because you, you thought maybe your Benz was going to Well, we did. Ben, ben did get a piece of crayon and write Soul Brother on the front. <laughs> But a lot of people did that. But we had been in the community for 10 years by that time. And we had been supportive of that community and that community had embraced us. Mm -hmm. So those young people, they knew. They were in front of Ben's. They were hanging out around Ben's. They came to Ben's every day. There were a group of young men that, one was a mechanic, one drove a cab, one did illegal numbers, you know, just an array of backgrounds. One was in college. After uh, work in the evenings, they'd pop in the chili bowl. And they would hang out there most of the night. We had a Cortez Peters business school down the street. Young ladies particularly would come from Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. if they weren't going to college, learn to be stenographers. So they'd learn a little shorthand, a little typing. The head of that school was a supposedly known as the fastest typist in the world. Cortez Peters was his name. Yes, that was his school. So just in the next block down there, and those girls would get off from school, and they'd be walking up U Street and coming in the Chili Bowl, and there would be my neighborhood boys just waiting to be flirted a little bit. 
<laughs> but I'm just saying, those young men were around, they knew everything going on in the community, and nobody touched Ben's chili bowl. Wasn't touched. We were the only place that was allowed to remain open three nights during curfew. Wow, to keep serving the community. Yes, to keep serving the community. I mean, that meant the police officers, city officials, we even had activists in there, you know, everybody, yeah. So you were, I'm sure, sleeping at Ben's Chili Bowl during those days just to keep it going. Well, Ben did that part. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I, I went home to my little boys. Yes. I had two little boys then. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the bank. Look where it starts. See, this whole building. This was Industrial Bank. Yes. This, this is, is where you started. Yes. This bank has been here 84 years. See, there's another mm -hmm. sign. See? There you go. <coughs> uh huh. So you were a teller here. Is that when you met your husband? I was a teller here. Yes, I did. That's when I, we saw each other uh, for the first time in here in the bank, and uh, he came. <coughs> actually, came three days in a row, <coughs> and each time he waited for me to serve him. Huh. Although the other girls were free. Yeah. And then he had the. He was bold enough to write a little note. Please call me, and it's his phone number and his name. And, and he passed it to you through the. And he left at it, the yeah, desk. Passed it to, as he was leaving. <laughs> he just slipped it under there. Well, of course that was not the proper thing for a lady to do in those days. Right for you to call him. That's true. That Absolutely. was a that no. was a very bold move. It was a very bold move. He was six years older than me. I mean, but, first of all, if you're sliding a note at a bank, someone thinks you're probably robbing the joint. So you can't <laughs> do that to begin with. <laughs> And no so did you, did you no, call him? No, no, no. I thought he was cute, but I wasn't about to call him. No. <laughs> no, that would have to be a better way. Well, he was a very confident person and himself, so what do you think he did? The bank closes at 2 o'clock. He knew that. At 2.45, he called the bank and asked for me by name, because we all had our little nameplates. Mm -hmm. And he, I came on the phone and he said, uh, this is Ben Alley, why didn't you call me? I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> why didn't you call me? He said, I said, because I don't know you, sir, and I'm not in the habit of calling men I don't know. He said, then what would you like to know? And before I could respond, he went on to tell me where he came from, where he went to undergraduate school, and that he'd been to Howard's Dental School. I'm like, you've been to Howard's Dental School? He said, yes, I didn't finish because I injured my back and blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know Dr. Joe Henry? Yes. You know Basil Keene? Yes. He named three or four people? Yes. And then I thought, okay, we, all, we know the same people. I think I can give him my home number because I am at work. I'm not supposed to be on the phone. <laughs> That's true. So I gave him my home number, and he called that evening and asked me out to dinner. And I suggested he have one of those mutual friends accompany him to my home and meet the family. I like that. That's and he very had smart and safe. Basil Keene, who was in dental school, to accompany him, and that was that. And the rest is history, as they say. Wow, what a, what a great love story, and just what confidence on his part. What do you want to know? That's awesome. Hey, what do you want to know? And before I could tell him what I wanted to know, he started giving me his life history. What do you think people who are not black and here, white people, what, what do they need to know and what, what do they need to be aware of and respectful of? Well, I think, I think that's happening pretty much. I mean, 
one of the ANCs had a little get-together across the street of the Enrique area that where the very poor people lived on behind these buildings up there. And uh, they talked about what they're doing to restore history and, and how the land went all the way back to the natives. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, people are conscious of it, and I think more and more young people of all colors need to know the history. Right. And particularly African Americans. They really need to know the history because it wasn't taught in the schools. Yeah. When, uh, when Barry Gordy got the Kennedy Center honor, I asked him about Marvin Gaye and about performing at the Howard Theater. He told me that the Motown Review, the first place it played outside of Detroit, was here at the Howard. Howard Theater at that time was the biggest thing that we had done. And coming to Washington and playing that meant that we were successful. Do yeah. you remember any of those like big moments throughout U Street history? There were so many music, theater, cultural moments. Any well, of them stand yeah. out? Well, they all, I mean, James Brown on that stage over there was just fantastic to me. You know, um, and, and Marvin Gaye, who's from D.C., mm -hmm. and all these people that performed there. Billy Eckstein was not from here, but he performed there. Uh, so many of them got their start there. And, and it was wonderful being there to hear them and to see them. We had a good time growing up, let me tell you. We had a good time in our dating years because there was the Howard Theater and then the movie theaters and then the nightclubs. We had nightclubs and they had, uh, what do they call it, where you bring your own liquor? So we'd get dressed up in the Lincoln Colonnade underneath of the Lincoln Theater. Mm -hmm. And then as time grow, as time goes on, I guess by 19... By the time I went to the Chili Bowl, there was a place open downtown that black people could go and have an event called the Presidential Arms. Ooh, that was a big deal. Oh, yeah, so we could go down there with our evening gowns on and everything and have a dance there as well. I could walk 500 miles with you. I have so many questions and so many things to ask. It's well, just... I, my memory isn't as good as it used to be. But you see the leaves over there on the, on the Lee's Flower Shop? Yes. That's the, uh, original, the original founders of the Lee's Flower Shop. Older than the Chili Bowl, but they didn't oh. start out here. It started out down on, I think, I think 9th Street. Huh. And then moved, I believe they moved here in about, in the 60s. And the family still owns it? Oh, yeah, the family, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the granddaughters and great-granddaughters running it. This is the third and fourth generation in there now, which is pretty cool because these two are gone a long time. Mm -hmm. The second generation is still alive, but they were quite young, you know, doing the riots and all that stuff. So I seem to be the oldest person around that was around here during that time. So the alley, Ben Ali Way, uh -huh. What was that moment like when they were naming streets after your husband? Oh, that was very, very interesting. Uh, Jim Graham was a local ward for one council member at the time. Mm -hmm. And he thought it was a good idea. And somebody else thought it was a good idea. And then we had to go down to the place and testify and do this, that, and the other. So they did. Had a nice ceremony out here that was publicized and had the press conference when the was unveiled and then years later when I turned 80 years old my children did a surprise birthday party for me at the Lincoln they presented me with an one for the alley over there yeah 
but I'm a little bit low-keyed, so I'm still at home in my basement. You didn't put it up yet? I was going to wonder because I've never seen it, so you didn't put it up. <laughs> they wanted to come and do the little ceremony and all that. I'm like, I appreciate this, I really do appreciate it, but I'm not doing it. My husband loved being out front. Yeah. He loved it. That's not my, that's not my thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do you think now when you're like seeing a Ben's Chili Bowl at the airport at Reagan and you're shipping your chili across the country? Oh my goodness, it's unreal for me. It really is kind of unreal to see all those things going on and people sending me beautiful letters from everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. And you know what is most touching? When this pandemic hit and a reporter said, which one is this thing I guess? Yeah, I'll go right here. A reporter said, um, how are you making out? I said, we're struggling. He interpreted that to say, Ben's Hillebow is on the brink. And, and, I, and I started getting these letters and these checks to help out. Would you, can you imagine that? That's amazing. They were coming locally and they were coming across the country. And a little simple, simple thing like one would say, I, have, I love Ben's Chili Bowl and I can't afford much, but please accept my $25 money order. What was and that then, like when people were sending you money? there would be 101 and there would be a 500. We were able to take that money and pool it together and serve box lunches, first to Howard University Hospital. That is the most... Ali family thing ever. And People were trying to help you out, and you're like, no, 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 I'm going to move that on, and I'm going to help out someone else. Yeah, well, because they gave us these checks, we can afford to make some lunches and send them up. And that's what we did. The fire department, the police, even the National Guard, when they were here that last time, people would call and say, I want to feed 100 teachers. They're doing classroom online stuff. But I want to feed 100 teachers. And they just say, how much would that cost to this sister? Send them money. Yeah. And we do it. That's how it turned out to me. After we started preparing the box lunches with the checks, then people started telling us who they'd like the food to go to. And then you kept it afloat that way. So we, we were able to stay afloat, yeah. And so then, we're, And then Sonia did the um, e-commerce. We're shipping hair smokes and chili. It's amazing. And we're walking through Ben Ali Alley. You've got Dick Gregory and you've got Dave Chappelle and Marion Barry and Jim Vance and yeah. Eleanor Holmes Norton. Who decides who goes on the wall? The community decides who goes on the wall. We asked people to go online and vote for whom you'd like to see on our wall. Mm -hmm. We gave some suggestions, but and it was so fascinating because even the older people that don't do computers yeah. would come in the chili bowl with a little piece of paper and say, <laughs> I wrote down a few names. You got Taraji P. Henson and you got yeah, Donnie Simpson girl. and Prince, the Obamas. Yeah, yeah. Who's next on the wall? Who's going up next? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I have a little girl that's been with me for a long time, you know, 45 years. Mm -hmm. Probably put her up there. I love that. We are a community-based place, you know that. All about the community. Virginia Ali is truly a monumental American. I bet she's forgotten more things than you and I will ever know. And after we finished our mile walk, she continued on into Ben's Chili Bowl, where she shows up most days to greet customers, help out behind the counter, and accept the love that D.C. and tourists from around the country give her. Thanks for listening to Walk a Mile with Tommy McFly. 
Season two is off to a great start. Please subscribe. And if you liked our conversation, share it with a friend who also would get some wisdom. And maybe a smile from hearing Virginia Ali's story. If you really want to go on an audio binge, season one is available too. Thanks for listening. Walk a Mile with Tommy McFly is produced by Real Fun Content.